Yo, what's up, everybody? This is the Preacher's Perspective Podcast. And all this podcast is about is just getting to know different things from a pastor's, preacher's perspective. My name is Pastor Tony. I've been pastoring now uh, almost about eight plus years. Um, pastoring um, started off from the time I was 16 as a youth pastor. Sounds crazy, right? Um, that they made a 16-year-old a youth pastor. And at the time, the church that I was at actually merged the youth ministry and the young adult ministry. So just think about that. Like, at 16-year-old, they made me, like, overseeing, like, 20-year-olds. That's crazy, right? So I was, uh, yeah, I was youth pastoring. Uh, just pastoring 20-something-year-olds at 16-year-olds. Um, they start me out, they start you out early in the black church if they can. Um, and then you are in it for life, baby. Like, you ain't going nowhere. Um, you got, you, you just, you just there, man. So I've been in ministry now. I'm 24. Uh, that my first, yep, eight years. That's about right. So for eight years, Man, I've been in ministry. And you know what's crazy? I have no regrets. I loved every bit, every moment, every second of doing ministry, of being in ministry. Even now, like, on the day that I'm recording this, it's like December 2nd. And, yo, I miss doing ministry even more. But the thing is, I had, especially where I'm at now, like, I've learned that ministry isn't just done inside church. Um no matter how much church tries to convince you. Uh, and it's not even that all churches do that. Um, it's just there's this thing in the African-American church where they are very big on, for some reason, uh, church, church. And not a lot of evangelism or evangelism is done to the minimus, minimalist as possible. And then there's only, like, different types of evangelism that they do. Like, everybody wants to do food giveaways. Like, everybody wants to do a food giveaway. And you know what's crazy? You can have, like, three, four churches in, like, the same facility, uh, literally less than, like, a five miles from each other. And it's crazy that the churches just won't come together. Now, it could be that some churches got beef with another church, but hey. Like, that's not uncommon. Um, Peter and Paul had beef. The disciples had beef. Like, so that's that's normal. It's just, to me, it's weird. But that's just people. People are just naturally going to be people. Um, so, oh, yeah, I want to point, point out, this series, this podcast, is not just so we could talk about my little old life. Um, it's about dialoguing and having conversations, the hard conversations, you know, but what does God say about weed? What does God say about drinking? And having those hard conversations. The Bible, man. Why is the Bible the ultimate voice uh, of God when it was written by man? Um, the differences between the Bible and the Quran. The major factors and points that emphasize who God is. And just having those you know, conversations. How is God applicable in today's life? You know, things like that, that we don't often, that we have questions for, but we don't have, you can have 
10 questions and only one answer. And I think that's the thing about faith or just Christianity and just believing is that we have so many questions but very little answers. Or as Jesus said, that God will use the most simplest things to confound the wise. And I think that's very important to, I think, our day and age because we want the big questions answered. We want those and we want the big questions answered. What's heaven's like? Um, how do we know that Christianity is right or wrong? And the biggest answer that Jesus gave us is just to believe. Um, and that is the hardest answer um, to give to anybody, non-believer, believer, is just believe. Because what happens when believing isn't enough? But the craziest part is the only people who are saying that believing is not enough is the people who desire a work. It's the people who want a work, who want to have some type of physical proof that what I'm doing is enough. In all reality, God is saying when he says just believe is that there is nothing more than you can do that will please me more than just believing in me. Um, there's no amount of work that you can do that can please me more than just believing in me. Because when you believe in him, then your actions, your walk, your talk and everything you do is dictated around that belief. And that is the hardest part. I think about being young and in faith or in, in, in Christianity is that we really don't like that surrendering part, bro. We don't. We struggle with it. Half the time we hate it. Um, the other time we really don't care for it. And I think that's just an inclination of our culture, of our upbringing, of just how different life is right now as a believer. Because you can't tell me, bro, that there has not always been people who just doubted. There's always going to be people who doubt. There's always going to be people in every generation. It's not like the 80s, 70s, and 60s Christians are really any different from 90s, 2000s, and even this day and age Christians. In all reality, we are all battling the same battle, just in different forms. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new underneath the sun the same lustful spirit that was happening in the 70s 60s and 80s is 90s is still prevalent in 2022 2023 and the biggest factor that we have to accept number one is that no generation is greater than the other like just because the power and the anointing of God that was on G.E. Patterson, that does not mean the power and the anointing that was on G.E. Patterson is any different from the power and anointing on Antonio Owens. There is no difference. In all reality, there is genuinely no difference in the power or the move of God between G.E. Patterson and me. The biggest difference between the different powers in that is I believe and this is just me talking, and I could be wrong. Because guess what? So I've only been in ministry like eight, eight, six or eight years. Um, the biggest difference is I believe that there's the distractions are different. The distractions that G.E. Patterson had to go through aren't the same distractions. Um, 
I 100% believe G.E. Patterson, he was here today, he'd have some women jumping in his DMs. Um, probably like, uh, what's his name? Overseer Brian, Brian Karn, you know, or any minister in today's day. Steve Furtick probably got women in his DMs. Um, Michael Todd probably got women in his DMs. So the level of restraint is, is you have to have greater. And we know this to be true because the Bible talks about how every generation becomes more wicked than the last. It does not mean that you won't, like, it doesn't mean that there's a less of anointing. It just means that the attack of the believer is stronger every generation. The devil going to come at every generation harder than he came at the last generation. And that's, excuse me, that's where we get, you know, I think that's when we try to compare uh, generations of faith it'll never work. Generational believers, it'll never work. And that's the importance of just having to really focus on your own singular walk with God. If you are trying to focus on uh, Junebug's walk with God, you will never truly understand your own work walk with God because it's a distraction. You remember the, the goal of the enemy that Jesus tells us is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And what's the easiest way to steal from you than to distract you? Uh, and that's ultimately what the enemy is really doing with my generation. The greatest is distract us. Um, and it's so funny, I think, that we allow, like we know these, are, they're distractions. We know this. Social media has been the biggest distraction. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. When I tell you social media has been the biggest distraction in the last hundred years, without a shot of it out, social media. The Bible tells us that my people suffer. My people fail for lack of knowledge. And the dangerous part is that social media does its best to be truthful. Or to pre matter of fact, what the Bible says presents a form of godliness. It presents a form of truth. And then you have people who have good intentions that try to share the truth. But because, for instance, Eve messed up when she added when she when she spoke to the serpent, she did not speak the full truth. She didn't. What do I mean by that? For a lot of you may not know the story of Adam and Eve. God told Adam, "Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil." That's what God verbatim said. Eve ends up talking to the serpent, who just so happens to be in the tree. And Eve tells the devil that God said, do not eat or touch the fruit from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. I think it's in Genesis 3. I could be wrong. Genesis 3. If Think about that. So she said that God said, 
And guess what? That's not what God said. That's not at all what God said. And so she added in with good intentions. Great intentions. Yeah, that's in Genesis three. She had great intentions. And you know what's crazy? She only repeated what she heard from the man, from Adam. God gave the word to Adam. Adam gave the word to Eve. And then Eve gave the word to the serpent. And because Eve did not fully tell the serpent the whole truth, because she was given misinformation from Adam, it led to the ultimate fall. Because you can't come back falsehood with a with a half truth that that ain't gonna work that is never gonna work and that's what happened she came try to combat the enemy because the bible says that if you when jesus himself was tempted by the devil he just repeated the word of god to him and guess what the devil flee because he couldn't combat the word because the word is truth. The word stands still. The word does not change it. We change the word because we want the word to be relevant to us. But there's a danger in that. And the danger in trying to make uh, twists or turns in the word just for it to be relevant to us is falsehoods and false truths. Just because we may like it like that don't mean that's the truth. And that's the most important part is being full truth, telling the full and whole truth. And I think that's where we struggle. We struggle when we don't want to tell the full truth or when we don't know the full truth. For instance, you know, what was the biggest thing back in the day. This is just talk, just talking out, just talking genuinely, just for African-Americans. The biggest thing for us was trying to figure out where we came from. At one point, that was every African-American's biggest desire is to know our heritage. And then we got distracted. Um, those, a lot of people were doing the Black Lives Movement. Not saying I supported, not saying I was against it, but... Ultimately, what happened to it now? There was distractions. It hasn't had the same momentum since. Like, distractions have so much power, bro. Distractions can literally kill a million-dollar idea as you're just thinking about it. Like, you know, like for me to do this, you know, I have had the thought to do this a minute ago, like a while, but I allow distractions. Um, my mom is getting ready to come out with her podcast, with her thing. And I'm like, mom, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like, let's go. Don't wait. You got the time. Make time for it. This is what you want to do. Do it. And she keeps getting distracted. And it's like the power of distraction is so strong because it gets your focus off of what you need to be emphasizing and it's so hard to get back on track and i think that's the hardest part is getting back on track after realizing i'm off course 
Um, and I and I strive. You you strive to get back on course. You strive to the best of your abilities to get back on course. But we all know that 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 emphasis that you had before is not there. And that's why that's why social media is the biggest tool for the enemy right now, because it creates a distraction to steal, kill and destroy our time because time you don't get back. You don't get time back when you use that time. That time is gone. Like right now, I've been talking like 20 minutes. I'm not getting these 20 minutes back. These 20 minutes, I could have spent sleep still. These 20 minutes, I could have spent um, in my bed still. I could have, I could still be dreaming. These 20 minutes, I could have still, I could have been praying. Could have been in worship during this time period. But that's why when I allocate this time, it's important because I'm yielding this time to create something, to do something that's productive or that's my heart's desire. Right. So I would just say for this first. First video, first podcast, whatever, however you're listening to this is to align your focus with your priorities. You've got to get your priorities in alignment. And then you have to find people who will keep you accountable for what you are saying that you are striving to do. Straight up, the biggest person who I think is the most accountable for me that when they say something hurts is my wife. When my wife tell me that I said I was going to do something and then I don't do it, that hurts. Oh, man. That hurts. Because, you know, as a man, you love your wife. Love your wife. So when your your wife tells you, hey, man, you said you was going to do this, you didn't follow through. And I think that's why it, it, it prompts, it's prompted me, especially to try to change, to try to do something different, to try to better my life, better, better the way I live. Because I think that's the biggest part is I need to better the way I live. Even as a preacher, even as a pastor, I need to better the way I live because the way I live is not conducive to the woman I love. And I want to be as conducive, as loving, as much of a good husband as I can to provide to my wife the love and affection that she deserves, which means I have to get off my lazy behind. I have to stop being distracted and I have to do what she desires for me to do. And that's to be there, be consistent and be focused on her and our marriage. And that's what I got to do. I just got to do it. It's not easy doing it. If it was easy, somebody else would be married to her. But guess what? Psh, I'm the man that God grace with his daughter. So guess what? I got to honor her. I got to respect her. I got to love on her. I got to give her every desire that she wants because I'm the one that God chose for her. It ain't easy, but hey, psh, I'm the one. And that, hey, it's me. And I don't complain. There's no use in complaining about it because this is the woman that God's blessed me with. So, as we write wrapping up, I, I want I implore you this this after this one 
this, this, this perspective is to be more focused than you've ever been. Allocate time to being focused, hyper-focused. That means you, have, for me, it was having to delete social media and then downloading it when I need it. When I need to post, then I'll, then I'll download it. Uh, I have a timer. My wife will say something to me. If I'm, she sees me just scrolling on social media, she'll say something to me. Because then that, that's, that's distraction. My perspective for you for this one time, this, 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 this session, is to align your focus. Get your focus back. Get your focus back right. And don't allow no distractions. Because I'm telling you, when you get your focus right, you get your money right, you get your relationships right, you get your faith right. Because guess what? My focus isn't on the storm behind me, the storm in front of me. It's focused on the goal that's ahead of me. And guess what? As a believer, my goal is to continually honor and serve the Lord even up until the day he calls me home. That's my goal. So guess what? Everything leading up to that point is working towards that goal, is striving towards that goal, is moving forward towards that goal, which means I have to be focused. I have to be more attentive to the way I love, the way I give, the way I serve. I have to be more focused. I have to be more ambitious, more uh, emphasis on the way I care for my fellow man on this earth. Because guess what? That's the challenge that God's given to me as a preacher, as a pastor, but most importantly, as a husband. And so, yeah, that's this session. Thank you for listening to me. I hope you join me. I, matter of fact, I believe you'll join me for this journey. I don't know how far this is going to take us. I don't. Hey, I'm just a young man who's just trying to honor and serve God. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. God bless you. And I'll be praying for you.